Electorate uh, Gaten. Good evening to you. How are you doing, my brother? I'm doing very well. Good evening to you, Ayabonga. Good evening to all your listeners. Yeah, thank you very much uh, for taking time out uh, to join us. I mean, Gaten, just maybe as we kick things off, uh, just some of your comments. I don't know if you've managed to see what's uh, happening out in Kabecha and uh, I guess, uh, you know, some of the fights there between the minibus taxi industry and uh, uh, what seems to be a group of uh, Somali traders. Uh, some in the uh, ride-hailing business and others, of course, who uh, came out in support of uh, one of their own who was under attack. Because a big part of your own manifesto is around dealing, uh, I guess, uh, with uh, uh, the issue of illegal immigrants. Now, I'm not saying the people who are involved there are illegal, but I guess it does indicate how some of these tensions can flare up that you're trying to respond to in your manifesto. Right. Now, actually, I was out... Uh I was, I was, I was, I didn't have signal where I was. I was busy campaigning, and when I switched my phone on, I got a lot of people saying, "You are right, you are right." Send us, send us membership forms. And I was like, "What happened here? What was I right about?" And I checked the news, and I saw what 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 has happened. And, and I can tell you, Abonga, the, the issue is that we, as the Patriotic Alliance, not only speak about illegal foreigners. I was also just rectifying that. We also have a stance which I will unpack uh, a little later for mm. you regarding legal foreigners. Mm. But right back to the issue of Kameha, you know, that that is exactly why they have to leave. That is exactly, you know, they could, like, they, they own this country. They act here, they act like they own South Africa. These guys are, if it is not in drugs, if it is not in Eblon, if it is not in, in prostitution, if it is not in stealing our, 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 our cell phone tower batteries, if it is not, the sooner we deport this illegal foreigners, the better. And the, what is said about this whole thing for me, the saddest part is, all the foreigners that fight our police here, all these illegal foreigners that fight our police, that, that walk with machine guns, I saw some uh, semi-automatic, I saw Uzi submachine gun today uh, in Quebecha, and, and these guys are like, all the boys in the country, they, they're scared of the leadership there. And then they come here, they want to fight our police. They have to go home. And that is one of our strongest points in our manifesto. Gaten, I'm, I'm always concerned when, when I guess, you know, we frame things and we say people must go home because it always seems to me that it's particular foreigners. There are many foreigners that we have who might live in the suburbs, who might be white in some cases. And it seems that some of the scrutiny is never extended to them, but it's always the foreigners who come from the continent and foreigners who come from the third world, in particular Bangladeshi and the Pakistani uh, folk who live among working class communities that are often the target. Abonga, we don't care if it is a Chinese foreigner. We don't care if it is a Somali foreigner. We don't care if it is a... When I spoke on Saturday, I even mentioned the Serbians. Mm. I even went to the extent of saying that they they shoot up the streets here. And we also have to be honest. And, 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 and when we deal with this matter, the illegally, the, the, the Italians or the Americans or the, or the guys that come from first world countries that are illegal here, they, they keep a very low profile. They don't open shops at every corner. They don't open, uh, uh, what you call the thing, they don't uh, go and be part of airborne poaching. We don't go inside with taxi drivers. What we are saying is saying illegal. But we talk about the one that we see in our faces that's there, 
But when you say illegal, it doesn't have any color, it doesn't have any nationality on it. It is if you are not you don't have if you are not here properly, you have to go. It's interesting you mentioned the case of Abalone because, uh, you know, earlier on today, there was a big bust out in Cape Town. And uh, the suggestion that's being made is that uh, certainly on uh, some of the reports that are doing the rounds is that these are Kenyan, Somalian, Chinese and uh, Zimbabwean nationals uh, who have been arrested in this fashion. Um, and I'm quite interested, I mean, in your thoughts around this issue, uh, Gaten. Is it around the issue of criminality or is it around the displacement effect, the fact that they open their shops or that they, you know, as some people suggest, take jobs, displaces South Africans? No, this, let me tell you, I, 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 we cannot, we, can, we are a country. We are a country with laws. Now, nothing that we are proposing as the Patriotic Alliance that the illegal foreigners uh, should go home, nothing speaks of us breaking the law or wanting to change the law. That is the current law in South Africa. It is just not being implemented or enforced. The foreigners that are here, the illegal foreigners, are here. We are not only angry because some of them are criminals. That's one part of it. We are angry because they come here and they and they are cheap labor. But we are not blaming them alone. As I've stated, and that's where myself and Mashaba differs. I say you just can't uh, uh, arrest and deport the, the, or arrest the, the, the illegal foreigner alone, the must arrest him, but she must also arrest the business person mm. that, 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 that hires him. Sure, sure. The, the, because what has happened is, and people are just uh, too politically correct to say it, here's the issue. The issue is, uh, the white, wealthy South African with lots of businesses has found a new slave mm. in the in the, in the illegal foreigner. Sure. He found a new slave and they then start a narrative that South Africans are lazy. Mm. But South Africans are not lazy, they just don't want to be exploited. Uh, they pay these guys, if you hire illegal foreigner, you don't need to pay uh, uh, tax. You don't need to pay pension fund. So for them, it is, they make, usually when they, when they would make 15% profit, they would make 45% profit because Thirty percent would normally go to the taxman. Would normally go to the unemployment fund. Is now uh, they don't need to give that. They don't mm. need to pay union. These guys are not unionized. And the one that people don't pick up on is all the legal foreigners have to go today. The property market, the property market in this country will get a big knock. And who owns property? It is the very same guys that advocate for them to stay. So we are saying at the Patriotic Alliance, we're saying that we shall pass a bylaw that says you cannot hire an illegal foreigner uh, in your business. And then there will be serious consequences if you do. And that's the only way to stop. Uh, you look at a place like like uh, what happened was a uh, 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 spa. The spa group in El Rado Park, two weeks after we won El Rado Park at the Patriotic Alliance, we told spa, Listen, you're not going to hire illegal foreigners here. Let's be very clear about that. Within, they said we must give them a few weeks, and then they started saying, no, they're retrenching even South Africans. They, we said, all right, close your shops. We will then take over the shops, and we will get business people. And they have the shops run. Nobody has been retrenched. South Africans have been hired. All I'm saying is that in no country in the world will you see the things that's happening in, that year in our country, where you have 
Nathan Lag was they even wanted remains. We have to take a stand. Mm. We have to draw the line, a line in the sand. Yeah. And that's where we're coming from. Okay, Gaten. The the other element, and uh, if we can just shift away slightly, I guess from the migration issues, and and I really like how you're distinguishing your position to that of Action SA because you're you're really confronting what are clearly the revealed preferences and decisions of multiple classes of business people in South Africa in specific sectors, you know, who are looking to super exploit people who are very desperate and largely because they don't have their papers in order uh, and the like. The other thing that you've trained your sights on as uh, the Patriotic Alliance is on BEE. And you are calling for what uh, is a people's empowerment partner because you feel that BEE is not broad-based enough. And uh, I find this quite interesting because I guess at some stage you were involved in a consortium yourself uh, and uh, some of the leaders as well. And I guess this might then be informed by some of those experiences as well. Talk to us about what you're proposing by way of changes to BEE and I guess the, the relevance of this at a local government level. Yeah, you know, in, uh, let me just answer that one. It's like, you know, most BE deals in this country is a scam. Uh, 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 so, so would you say you were involved in a scam as well? Pardon? Would you say you were involved when you were with the Invictus Consortium in a scam as well? The, uh, Invictus is the only BE deal in this country where nobody took out one cent, number one, where nobody had debt, number two, number three, that is the share price, share price that you take, nobody will lose money. I am the pioneer of putting that type of BED hmm. uh, together. There's no other BED like the Invictus deal. And unlike what the media said, I'm not part of the Invictus consortium. In uh, that you can do a simple search and see if I'm telling you the truth. But here's the issue. That's, that informed, when I saw what uh, a guy said to the company, for instance, and the share price is let's say five five rents share price, and then you should do a B deal. And then it goes like, no, guys, listen, uh, I sell you eight rents a share, and you're part of my business. You already make three rents a share, and then the share price tank or the share price goes uh, to three rents, and then these guys are in the red, and that's why so many of them you can see they are living in debt. Mm. So how I have structured the, the Goku deal, I put it together. I came up and I said, in its current form, it's a scam. This is how it should be. And that's why there was such an uproar in the media about the Goldfield deal. It's probably the most investigated deal ever for them trying to find fault. And lucky they didn't. But what we are saying is that, you know, about here's the truth that nobody just don't want to admit. The issue is that if you want to, if you want to talk about black empowerment, it should be black empowerment. The only way, there's no other way, if you want to empower black people in this country, because there's a lot of us that needs to be empowered. There's a lot of black people that needs to be empowered. All you need to do is stop the thing where you say, listen, I'm going to take from white people's companies. That That is just not going to work. Let me tell you, that's not going to fly. The company will never show a profit. White people will do their books and they will start buying new machinery. They will just make sure that the company never makes a profit. So what we are proposing, we are saying, listen, let's do this differently. Let all the big white businesses and then big black businesses, let them go to the private sector and then take the whole book of the government, take the whole government uh, procurement book and let emerging. And I, I hate this thing of small businesses. You know, it, we are the only country that people hammer on small businesses. Let's say emerging businesses. Emerging businesses should then... Uh, 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 because how do you have Sipo from Victoria and Mandla from Alexandra 
compete with Budweiss. And Budweiss is in every tender, no, make no mistake. Whether it's flowers, Budweiss is there. <laughs> Whether it's cake flour, Budweiss is there. Whether it's toilet paper, Budweiss is there. They're everywhere. But how, in all honesty, how trouble from things? So our politicians are scared to, to, to put that down. Once you can make the decision, and you say, all government procurement should go to emerging companies, I can bet you that's the fastest the quickest, the easiest way to empower a whole lot of people and let us people, I shouldn't even qualify because I'm not an emerging business, but let the people that, that the big businesses like Budweiss and, and the likes of us, let's go and play in the private sector because we, we are established business people. These are the people, this is our state, it's a black government, let the black government empower the, 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 the emerging black businesses. That's the only way but you speak to any big business people, any big business person, they say to you, white person, they'll say, if we knew that uh, democracy would take so sweet for our business, mm. we would have long lobbied the government to end apartheid. These people are doing better than what they did during apartheid. And to show you an example, when Fidel Castro took over Cuba, mm. all those billionaire sugar barons, sure. they lost everything. Yeah, yeah. They lost everything afterwards, or they lost a great deal of their fortune. When uh, Vladimir Putin took over, the same happened there. South Africa is the only country in the whole wide world where there's a new uh, uh, regime coming in. And Uh. the guys that were working for 40 years prior to this regime taking over, the Rupert, the Oppenheimer, these people, there was not one Afrikaner billionaire during apartheid. Not one. Not one. But Gaten... Gaten, I, I find the example you're making very, very interesting because you, you make two examples, Russia and Cuba, unashamedly at that point, socialist regimes. Um, and maybe in Russia, if you go to 1917, even earlier than just, you know, Putin and uh, uh, the latter regime after 1989, um, all of those, I guess, are socialist examples. And some have argued apartheid was socialism for poor white people. Um, and yet the Patriotic Alliance, is, even by your own admission in your preamble of your manifesto, says you are economically a centrist party where economic growth is dependent on free market conditions, uh, uh, but also recognizing that rampant capitalism encourages greed and the exploitation of the poor. I mean, how would those things have been possible even by your own admission? Um, this, this idea that, you know, the big barons of apartheid would lose everything. No, what I'm saying to you, is that, forget about the losing part. Look at the part that these people have become wealthier. Sure, sure, We believe in the redistribution of wealth. And that, if you redistribute wealth, the people that have been benefiting cannot become super rich. Maybe uh, uh, Russia and thing was just an unfortunate example. I can make you an example with, with countries like, let me make you one of the most free markets in the world, Singapore. The, the, the before... When the regime changed in Singapore, when the government changed in Singapore, uh, what happened? The guys that used to benefit had to share what they had with the new guys coming in. What I'm trying to say to you is that in mm. South Africa, my brother, here's the issue. We cannot have black people in this country, and, 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 and I'm saying this from a deeply personal space. Sure. I have probably put together one of the few big deals in this country. And I can tell you, black people in, in South Africa are spectators when it comes to big business deals. They are spectators. Mm. Let me tell you, they have what you call, uh, there's an there's a intellectual word people use, they call it moral licensing. 
Huh. Moral licensing is you take a million black people and you take one out of them and you make him super rich. And then you use him as, a, as an example. They call it moral licensing. And you use him as an example. You're like, you see, we're not against black people. Yes, Patrice Mutepe. Look, look, he's a billionaire. If Patrice Mutepe can do it, you guys also just need to work as hard as Patrice Mutepe works. And Patrice Mutepe might maybe not have worked so hard. And that's what's happening in this country. And are you proposing this People's Empowerment Partner Company? Now, I mean, I guess I get the form of it. It's a company. How are you going to do the distributions? I mean, if, if you're suggesting that, you know, it may be necessary to charge taxes on the money flowing into this People's Empowerment uh, Partnership for new projects, businesses, or industries, how will the division work? How, how will that work? It will work the same way as the Norwegian Sovereign Wealth Fund. I mean, okay, that's the sure. most successful wealth fund in the world, uh, uh, the Norwegian one. Mm. Uh, you know, where, where, where you look at you look at the Qatari one. In Qatar, a country I frequent a lot, I can tell you now that Qataris have shares in the gas, they have shares in the, in the oil, in the same as Norway. And that's, that's basically along the lines that we are proposing. What we are basically just saying is that you cannot have a BE deal, like if you have to unpack the SAA BE deal, and you go to those layers, I'm telling you, you're going to find white magic all over it. And, and then you ask yourself, what is a BE? There was a, there was a thing, I think, FADC is one of the most brilliant Edward I saw, of five uh, old white men with five of his sons, and the business was called Kumalo and Sons. <laughs> and, and for me, at the heart of this issue, it's just that BE has not worked. We need to empower a whole lot of people. And when you, we're not talking about one deal. When there's so many deals mm. that everybody gets sure. to play in the economy of the country. Sure. Gaten? You look at Gaten? you look at the last example I want to make. Yeah, yeah. You look at the PIC. Sure. Yeah, yeah. All the buildings in Sandton is, 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 is PIC money that has been loaned. But our people don't get those loans. Mm. Yeah, I know you raise a very important point there just um, on this question of the PIC um, and the question of, you know, uh, the involvement of black players, black suppliers, you know, as a result of the lending behavior of the PIC, which is effectively money of nurses, doctors, teachers, police people, many of exactly. whom are, are black people. But let's come to housing uh, just briefly before we take a, a quick spot break. Okay, so we've got about three minutes or so before we head to that break. You're saying you're going to revisit apartheid era housing arrangements where, you know, people have to live in their homes as if they are tenants paying rent on houses that are owned by the state and, I guess, in this case, by the municipality. Tell us a bit more about this. Well, what I'm basically just saying is that the state is aware we have two guys. I'm just, and there's a lot of them. I'm just making an example. There's a guy in Cape Town, a Nigerian guy, that owns 2,000 houses. There's one in Joburg that owns 900 RDP houses. And, 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 and the state is aware of these two actors. And I mean... The Human Settlement Department has been trying to talk to them. What I'm saying to you is that RDP houses, a councillor or whoever is in charge of RDP houses, there will be, let's say, 100 houses. You'll reserve 20 for his friends, but they're never going to stay in those houses. They're just going to sell it to the Nigerians. They're just going to sell it to the Pakistanis. They're going to sell it to the drug dealers. What we are saying is that because if you get government housing, government housing is not private housing. We should never confuse the two. Government housing is people that, must access government housing should be the poorest of the poor. Like what apartheid is. Not everybody got a house. You have to be very poor to get a government house. Then. So we are saying that when you access their house, you access their house with strict conditions. 
And one of those conditions should be you should be living in the house. You should not be renting it out because mm. the need is so great for so many people in that line. So if you want to rent it out, then you don't really need it. If you have outgrown the, house, the government housing structure or or, 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 or or stay in the government house, then somebody else should come that needs it. It's the same as, 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 as they do in Singapore. People get the flats, state flats. Mm. And if you are on your seat now, then you can leave. And that's what we are proposing. I hear you. Hold the line there for me no, for a second. One point, one point. No, no, sorry, Gaten, let's do this. Gaten, we need to go to a spot break because if I give you that oh. one point, then, you know, uh, the adverts <laughs> will chuck you out. So hold the line sure. there for me for a second. We're going to take a quick no, spot no, break. No. And uh, when we come back, we continue with the president of the Patriotic Alliance, Gaten McKenzie. Yeah, send us your voice notes and you can also give us a ring on 89 Yeah, interesting one there. We'll uh, certainly have to check out uh, what radio station that is. Uh, but yeah, I find that very, very interesting. Uh, maybe, Caitlin, just a brief comment, I guess, uh, on that last voice note as well. And I think the first one was really just saying, you know, salute to you. Uh, uh, so let's maybe just, uh, I guess, uh, get your views on, on that one before we uh, get into some of the other areas of your manifesto. No, you know what? Uh, uh, what, what the caller said is so true. The, I mean, the second caller, I think, uh, when he said that... Uh, what about the guys that get it easy? I can tell you that all the rich uh, uh, illegal foreigners that are in this country are calling illegal because some of them have IDs. They are now South Africans uh, because they have paid their way through. So one of, one of the things that we have proposed as a political party is that we are going to revisit all those uh, ID documents that have been granted to foreigners. We are going as far back as 1994. We are going to revisit the asylum documents that they, they are getting. We're also going to make sure that there's strict adherence where the people were really... Because you can't come and say there's war in Zimbabwe. There's no war in Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe's economy is growing. So you've got... Most of these guys got asylum papers here saying that they're here because their lives are in danger in Zimbabwe. Their lives are not in danger, in danger in Zimbabwe. So basically what we are saying to answer the question is that we are going to revisit that because there's mm. more corrupt uh, uh, dealings with people having IDs, illegal foreigners having IDs. I mean, like, there's a Chinese guy that that, that I spoke to the other day, and he 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 said his special skill is he's an English teacher. The guy couldn't even construct two sentences together. I said, Sarukha doesn't mm-hmm. need foreign teachers, doesn't need teachers. China needs teachers. So yeah, I think you could just think about that. So yeah, basically, that's what we're going to do. We're going to revisit then, Gaten, sure, sure. I've got another comment here from Kwagele and underscore Kumalo on Twitter saying, Mackenzie, I'm disappointed nothing was said in your manifesto about cannabis. Now, uh, you say quite a bit in your manifesto about agriculture. Just briefly respond to that, and uh, I guess also in the context of some of what your manifesto is suggesting by way of uh, agriculture, land use, and uh, broadening economic participation in that way. No, no, I, I can understand why the general is disappointed because I'm one of the biggest proponents. Of, of, of cannabis in this country because I mean like it has changed uh, the Canadian economy was totally dependent on on, 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 on on other stuff until they, they heavily invested in cannabis. So what I want to say to you is there what you what what the media has so far it's the highlights of of the the, the top four points top five points I think uh, we didn't want to give like some parties gave it two four I think four hundred page document. We wanted the media to digest on the ones we are digesting on now, but cannabis for me 
we have no choice. That's our next goal in this country. It's going to be, so I understand your disappointment. It is there. We, 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 we must do it as a country. We must be the leader. We've got better temperature than Canada. which is currently the world leader. We've got better agricultural land. And, I mean, and, 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 uh, we're definitely, definitely going to expand properly and explain it properly uh, in, the, in, the, in the, 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 the larger version of our mm. manifesto. You also raised some interesting issues around culture and heritage, um, and uh, you uh, suggesting that you'd support policies that contribute to the preservation and, of course, uh, the enabling of this rich uh, culture and heritage. You're going to financially assist groups such as the Malay and the Minstrel Kapsa uh, Klopsa festivals, uh, and also uh, fund and preserve cultural heritage events. Tell us a bit more about that, uh, and I guess uh, just in the broader context of many people suggesting that a lot of where your base is, just based on the evolution of your party, has largely been in communities uh, uh, that would be referred to as coloured communities. Right. Now, what you're saying is true, Abonga. You know what is the issue, number one? You know, I, I'm, I'm the son of a black woman and a coloured father. And I can tell you that the only thing I've, I got from my mom, she didn't give me money, she, she taught me how to speak Sutu because I grew up in a coloured area. And that was my mom's best thing. She taught me how to speak Sutu fluently. And my father, uh, obviously, Afrikaans was his first language, and it was my and it's my first language. Mm. I spoke at school. I wrote my matric in Afrikaans. Now, to come and hear people say, the only thing I know and what everybody else knows, what our children know, the language should fall. There should be no language that should fall. We should rather learn more languages. We should respect each other's cultures. Now, to come and say that Afrikaans must fall, and, and you don't even know that Afrikaans is not a, a language of, uh, of, 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 Afrikaans is not a language of, of white people. Uh, it's, a, it's a black person's language. Of white people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, black people's language. Black people's language. You must read on Neville Alexander when he untakes it mm. more beautiful than, than anybody else. And then the issue is that we should respect everyone. I mean, this, we're such a great country. And then the issue of color, that is so true what you're saying. You know, that. One question that I'm starting to hear journalists ask uh, 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 is, is the fact that what you said is true, that we, our majority of our base is in the color community. Yes. But we have evolved. But the one question in South Africa that we are asking is when what people don't know is that colored people in this country are no longer seen as Africans. Now, you see, that is racism on steroids. During the struggle, we were Africans. We knew we were Africans. In 1986, when P.W. Bota invited colored people to the tricameral parliament, he had only one condition. He said, join the, join the tricameral parliament, but we don't want no blacks here, only Indians. And colored people were saying that if, if, blacks, if blacks are not part of it, we don't want part of it. The Southern Council on Sport took a decision to say there can be no normal sport if black people are excluded. And colored people were allowed in, in an abnormal society. Why I'm mentioning those things is that then... Nelson Mandela and then came and they said, no, colored people are no longer, they are now black. And then you look at the empowerment charter that says mm. all opportunities will go to blacks in general, but Africans in particular, Gaten? excluding colored Gaten? people again. Gaten, I, I, want to, I want you to pause on that because I think this is a multi-layered one. Let's take the spot break and we'll continue on this particular score. Right. And I also want us to unpack, I guess, uh, certainly some of the experiences, at least of all in the Western Cape, of uh, the relations between the Democratic Alliance there and, of course, uh, uh, colored uh, uh, electoral constituencies because a big part of uh, this debate 
also is around, I guess, uh, the role of not only just a national question, but uh, its implication on the electoral fortunes of different political parties in different provinces. It is indeed seven minutes. It is before 9 p.m. I'm in conversation with the Patriotic Alliance's President Gayton McKenzie. We talk about uh, their electoral uh, uh, promise uh, for the uh, local government elections that are coming up in the next few weeks or so. And uh, just before we went to the break, I guess we're talking about uh, issues of culture, heritage, uh, and uh, certainly something relevant on the back of some of what we've seen the investment by uh, Amazon uh, and uh, their new headquarters there that uh, will be in a historic uh, site uh, of uh, many of the uh, Sun and uh, Koi nations of that part of the world. And uh, uh, interested, I guess, uh, in hearing some of the thoughts of the Patriotic Alliance on the score. Uh, but also, Gaten, as I said before we went to the break, uh, just uh, your assessment of how, uh, in particular in the Western Cape, uh, the role of colored communities in the electoral ascendancy of the Democratic Alliance. What is your sense of that? Because you've made it quite clear that you want to contest that space of the Democratic Alliance and also the governing party, the ANC. No, no, definitely. I think, you know what, we must, when you tell the truth, you must tell the full truth. Sure. People who say colored people will vote for, they vote for the Democratic Alliance. But what they don't say, I want to give you just one minute history of this whole thing. When the ANC used to control Cape Town, mm-hmm. Cause, which means you can't control Cape Town without the vote of the colored community. Yeah, and the colored community voted for for Nelson Mandela. They voted for the African National Congress. What then happened immediately? Then this laws. There's not one colored area in South Africa where you find colored policemen in the colored police station. It is black policemen working in colored police station. There's not one clinic in the whole of South Africa in any colored community where you get colored uh, sisters there. Nurses there. You'll get black nurses there. Colored children are being removed. And these are the things that make colored people leave the African National Congress. And they then went to look for a home, which is there. You see, colored people don't hate the ENT. They despise the ENT. And and I told the ENT that. I told them, guys, you're not even, I'm not even, you're not even a threat to us. The deal is a threat to us. Because the colored people don't hate you. They despise you. Because what they betrayed colored people. The African National Congress has betrayed colored people. Now, in Cape Town, the DA has not learned from the ANC. What the DA is doing in Cape Town, they've realized the only way to remain in power is to make sure that colored people and black people hate each other. What, how they do that? They will tell the colored people, you see, you can't get a house because all these people come here from Transkai. And they would say that political leaders would say all these leaders come here from Transkai, they take your jobs. When there's load sharing, they'll be like, no, it's the squatters from Transkai that is stealing electricity. That has been engraved into the hearts of colored people all these lives by the democratic alliance because they would rule over the division. Now, for the first time, the DA knows they're going to lose power in the next election. They know they're going to lose power. There's going to be a coalition. They know that. Because from the PA, we are, we are launching our provincial manifesto next week in Kalicha. Now, people say we are a colored party. Why would the colored party go and launch a manifesto, a provincial manifesto in Kalicha? Why would the colored party in, 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 in Pretoria have a black mayor? Why would the colored party in Bitu municipality have a white mayor, Michelle Bota? Why would we have in Dikatong a white mayor? Why would we be in Pulukwani, in Limpopo, with only one colored ward there? We've got black mayors there. All our mayors are black. So it's just them getting worried and people stereotyping us. But we are not there. 
We need to get together. The ANC needs to admit that they wrong colored people in this country. Colored people don't get jobs. Our children don't get bursaries. That is just the truth. It is never nice thing to hear, but black people in this country only hear the surface things. They don't know the things I'm talking about, like colored people don't get jobs. Colored people, you know, I can make you so many examples if I have the time to show you that colored discrimination is legislated. How so? Let me let me let me ask you. How come that in a city, let's take the city of Joburg, mm. let's take the city of Joburg, when the ANC wanted our vote in the to to to, to unseat Mashaba and Malema, they came to me and, and the leaders of the PA. They said, Please, "Guys, we need your vote." We said, "We know you need our vote, but this vote is going to be very expensive." <laughs> and they said, "What do you want?" I said. Uh, you know, there's 42,000, I think, workers uh, in the city of Johannesburg. And I think you've got four colors there. We're going to have to change that and change that very fast. And if you agree to some of the things, that is one of the 20 things they agreed on. And they just went back as usual of the work. But what I'm saying to you, look at why is it that colored people, if you look at the university, the person is going to see NASFAS is supposed to give 9% of their bursaries to college students, but they only give 2.5%. If you ask yourself, why is it that children in Nordkafer here in Johannesburg, that stays 15 meters from the school, can't get into the school because they have to make space for children from mm-hmm. Soweto? Mm-hmm. If you ask yourself one question, in El Rado Park, in, in, in Rivoli, in Mitchell Spring, in Etlong, in Bontevo, in Galtis. Why have they never built RBT houses there? Why is it that, that our people must not pay for flats that is 35 years? Today, we sent a, a group of 10 lawyers down to uh, a place called Ettenville in Ekurleni to go and stop the people from being uh, evicted there because our people have been paying for this flat, which is an illegal debt. Why is it that they can't get free houses like that people get free RDP houses? Those are the type of stuff when we talk about it, they're like, oh, you are racist. Now, unfortunately for them, they cannot put that label on me. But that's the truth. Show me RDP houses being built in Santon, in, 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 in uh, Aldous. When last did you see any development happening in a colored community? Just point me to one development, not two. It's not happening. Those are the things we talk about, and we are not mad. We are, we are giving you facts that it is discri- they discriminate against colored people. You don't even have, in all this, look at this FRC, there's not one color. Look at the ministers, it's only Patricia Below that has been co-opted into the thing. That's just, look at the list, or look at Parliament, how people are being written out of history. That is the truth. Gaten. And now, Gaten. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, my brother. And and I think, you know, it would have been great to have a bit more time just to grapple with, uh, I guess, the implications of uh, some of what you've raised and the examples you've raised. And, of course, how the Patriotic Alliance's manifesto is going to deal with it. But we'd encourage many of our listeners uh, to go and check it out there on your website. And I want to thank you for taking time out to speak to us this evening and wish you all of the best uh, uh, during the polls in the next uh, few weeks Mm -hmm. or so. And uh, we'll certainly be watching quite closely. And I hope we can chat after those elections as well. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Professor. Thank you, my brother. Thank Thank you very much. much.
Gaten McKenzie speaking to us uh, this evening. He's the president of the Patriotic Alliance speaking to us this evening here on the Mighty Metro. The man with the music and all of the nice sounds is with us already. Uh, he's with us from 9 through to midnight. Big thank you, Jaws Nawechola, for putting together this great product. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Nangoku, Sasai Banga, Economy.